Are you a small business owner struggling to keep up with everything yet kind of uncertain about hiring a full-timer? Well, today we are talking to someone who in addition to being a successful bootstrapped entrepreneur might also be your ideal solution. So welcome to another episode of Shop Talk. This show is about and for bootstrapped entrepreneurs and we discuss people's stories, their challenges, their wins, but most importantly, the lessons that they've learned along the way. So today we are talking with Shreya Prakash, who's the co-founder and CEO at FlexiBees, which is a talent matching platform that helps experienced women professionals find flexible work, something that I think is quite required in the world today. Uh, but first, may I please request you to follow the show so you don't miss any of the great episodes that we have coming up. And if you like this episode, and I'm sure that you will, please do rate it five stars. Thank you very much. So Shreya, uh, over to you. Before we start, uh, would you like to maybe introduce yourself and also a little bit about FlexiBees? Sure. Uh, thanks, Amit. Thanks for having me. Very excited to be here on Shop Talk. Um, so yeah, like you introduced me, currently I am the co-founder and CEO of FlexiBees. Uh, that's my full-time job and my passion. Apart from that, um, I'm also um, a parent to a four and a half year old kid, <laughs> just to give a little bit of, you know, a human perspective. <laughs> uh, and uh, before this, I was with Unilever, um, where I worked in sales and marketing for eight years. Um, I would be curious as to what made you leave Unilever uh, to set up FlexiBees. Yeah, I, I, I would say the trigger really was um, the fact that Deepa, who is a batchmate, uh, she uh, was going through an experience that we were aware of post-MBA. She's worked as a management consultant and she's she's been very kick-ass, very ambitious all her life. Uh, and then she had to take a career break of a couple of years. Right. Um, so I uh, and my other co-founder, Rashmi, we were working at that time. I was in Unilever. Rashmi was with PNG. Um, and we knew her story. Uh, we knew that she found it difficult to return um, after those two years. Uh, and especially because she wanted a little bit of flexibility. And that really uh, kind of opened um, you know, our eyes, even for qualified women, even for ambitious women. Um, it's hard. And especially if they've taken a break, which many, many of them do, it's, it's difficult to return. And something needed to be done about it. In India today, as we all know, today, uh, you know, women's workforce participation, in spite of all the best intent, is declining. Uh, is it in it, it is in the 20s uh, figure uh, versus say 80% for men just to give a little bit of a contrast over there. Um, so it felt like a problem, um, you know, that that needed an urgent solution. And uh, that's why we decided to get together and start FlexiBees. Okay. And so uh, since we are on the topic, so what exactly is FlexiBees? How does it work? Right. So um, we started with the intent to help uh, qualified women return to work. Um, and uh, we thought that flexibility was the answer to that. Uh, so while the reasons why women drop out are multifold, um, one way we thought that we could address it quickly uh, and in a way that was also shaping up to be a trend of the future. Flexibility today is not just for women professionals, it's for everyone who wants you know, a little bit um, you know, of diversity in their lives. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so we decided uh, that flexibility or rather we saw that flexibility was the answer, the ability to work 
uh, say for fewer hours, the ability to work remotely from where, wherever that you want to, the ability to work in, in a way that could be on for some months and then you know could be off for the next few months of so project-based kind of work. So we started talking to businesses, small businesses, and we were very um, you know pleasantly surprised to know that there was a lot of uh, you know receptivity. Uh, businesses wanted a way in which they could hire experienced professionals for a little, little bit more affordably, uh, which was possible due to the flexible models um, in a way that was far more on demand than, say, the more traditional form of hiring offered uh, in a way that enabled them to be more dynamic, more agile to the external demands. We are especially talking about small businesses in a in an era that was pre-pandemic. Of course, post-pandemic, all businesses have kind of, you know, however big, however vintage, they've kind of woken up to the idea of being more agile, being more lean. Uh, but at that time, it was the smaller businesses, the startups, the uh, you know, the, the especially bootstrap startups or startups which don't have huge amounts of funding um, or, you know, which which seemed like the best kind of fit. And that's when we jumped in. We thought that it was, uh, you know, demand was there and, of course, supply was there. So Flexibees came into being, which is uh, basically a, a platform that helps uh, businesses hire uh, qualified professionals in a flexible manner, which is part-time project-based and remote working. And on the other hand, it helps qualified women professionals return to work uh, via flexible opportunities and on their own terms. Yeah, I mean, this all sounds extremely good because there's also this concept now of a portfolio career, right? You yeah. do one thing, uh, you know, 12 hours a day or 8 hours a day or whatever. Yeah. You want to do two or three different things because you want to explore different facets of your personality, interests yeah. and so on. So this gives a really good way to kind of do that. And yeah. interesting story. So about 12 years back, uh, I had launched a startup, uh, you know, which was a travel tech sort of a thing. Um, and at the time it was bootstrapped and, you know, I couldn't get funding, etc. So at that time, I'd actually hit upon the thought process that maybe there are women who've taken a career break and perhaps I could work with them. So the fact that you've built a solution which is a more structured way for both parties yeah. to interact is fantastic. So so that's pretty cool. So, so there's clearly a need uh, and you're saying that there's a fair amount of validation now. But when you mm -hmm. first got started, uh, how did that work? Um, I mean, I'm sure this was novel because obviously no pandemic and people were really working from office full time. Yeah. So how did you get your first few customers or what What were the conversations like back then? Yeah, so um, I think uh, it was very easy for us, relatively speaking, to get customers, um, you know, because like you said, I mean, you 12 years ago, you had the idea to employ women professionals and in a flexible manner, right? So... Um, it was an idea that had, uh, you know, its own uh, recept receptivity. Like I said, people were wanting to and everybody intuitively got it. You know, businesses that we spoke to, they got it. So it wasn't difficult for us to find customers at all. Um, our first 50 customers came from our uh, networks. So people that we knew and uh, people who uh, connected us to others. Um, and we reached out to them also. I mean, we put out the word, we actively went and spoke to, uh, you know, folks who were working in the startup ecosystem. Um, and that's how our customers came. Uh, so it uh, it wasn't difficult to get the demand. What was a journey for us was to be able to find the right offering for them, to find the right model, um, you know, how to do the matching. 
So basically, that's that's been the endeavor at Flexibees over the last few years is to become better and better at the matching that we do between these two. So there's a demand, there's a supply, but how do we make sure that the interaction works? Uh, and uh, you know, we arrived at what we we think is the optimal mix. So this is quite interesting because unlike you know many other businesses I've spoken with where there was either market education to be done or it was you know, there's a lot of competition in the space. Uh, but you actually somehow found a space which was ready for such a product. So it was mm-hmm. relatively easy to get started, which is extremely good to hear. But mm-hmm. now, okay, now that you get started and people are receptive to the idea, fact is nobody, as far as I understand, people wouldn't have been used to working with this kind of a flexible yeah. arrangement and maybe even remote, I don't know. So how did you... Uh, what were some of the concerns that these businesses might have had or some of the challenges that you had actually mm-hmm. delivering the service? Uh, so the challenges basically for us was to uh, make sure that the person that we are connecting to the business has the right skills to do that job and has the right life stage fitment. Because we are talking about women professionals, women who are returning to work, it becomes very important to understand if they are ready uh, for the job that they are being offered but the trick is to really match them to the right right opportunity which which of course is um, you know self sustaining it not only works for the business but it also works for the woman because it's easy to also um, you know come back to work thinking you're going to give it your best and then you face a few hurdles in the first few weeks and then you drop out you know <laughs> right. and that's fatal it's fatal because if you've tried to come back and then you've dropped out because you think it's not worked, then it will take a lot more to come back and try a second time. So we wanted to make sure that the very first time itself, we did a you know a good job of finding them the right fit for where their lives were at that point in time. And that's been the biggest uh, sort of um, you know breakthrough for us to be able to deliver what it is that businesses need and the women need. I think where we pushed the envelope was while before us, there was this idea of the gig economy, which is short projects, gigs that you do, right? Mm -hmm. We tried to push it into a flexible space, flexible economy. And the difference is immense while it may not seem that way because, you know, uh, only a few and particular jobs can be done in a gig gig yeah, way that's right. but uh, almost any job can be done flexibly you can be doing a very core job you can be doing sales you know bookkeeping finance accounting hr which is you know a day-to-day operational kind of work and you could be doing it flexibly you could be doing it for fewer hours you could be doing it remotely um, and it would be an ongoing role and that is really what we intended to do because you know the idea is to make flexibility the norm we had to coach our clients a little bit. Um, so, for example, we, you know, we uh, we have a best practices that we developed at that time for our clients, which is currently also being used. So, we have a proposal uh, in which we put down things like, and how should you treat your, you know, flexible team member? Treat them like an employee. You know, they are they are just working you know for fewer hours maybe and from another location but there is no difference the other thing that we do is uh, even to our consultants the people that we place we do an induction before they get before they start working because it's equally important for the women professionals to also understand some of the new ways of working around uh, you know remote for example 
um, um, uh, if uh, around part time. So, for example, communication becomes so much more important when you are in a remote setting than what it is in a brick and mortar one. So they have to understand that it's easy for a person to think that they are doing the work and it doesn't require them to be constantly in touch. But in a remote setting, it's important to be in touch. Be proactive, they, essentially. Be proactive about those things. So we we do that kind of induction. The other thing that we do is we have a, an operations process where we have a channel of communication open. Um, we have a time sheeting process in place. So that again, you know, it's a simple thing, but it goes a long way because, you know, sometimes clients, you know, businesses might just feel that I have no idea. I'm going in blind. I don't know if this person is working effectively or not. But a simple thing like a timesheet gives them some assurance that, you know, there is uh, something is being captured. You know, there is, uh, even though it is, say, self-declared. So some of those things we facilitate. Um, right. Okay. So this is fantastic. I mean, that's a lot of uh, insight uh, that you shared. So thanks a lot for that. Um so we've talked about the client side and there you're proactively outreaching, you're tra training them, etc. All that is clear. How did you get the actual professionals to sign up uh, as well? Because this is effectively you're running a marketplace. And if you don't yeah. have enough of breadth of skills, then people won't really have anything to give you. I think, uh, you know, a few thousands we got very easily. Then work on building the client pipeline because, like you said, both aspects have to work. It's a chicken and egg, like a marketplace. Um, then we start once we had a bit of business that could, you know, where the kit, the supply could cater to that. Um, and we reached the saturation point. We then again had to focus on building the, uh, you know, the supply side of it a little bit more. Then again the business side. So it it goes in phases. Okay, got it. Um, but I can, I can see the attraction here. I mean, uh, any case, your own networks would have people that you know, or they, you know, people who know people. So that would have been a good start. And it's obviously, I mean, it's a service that helps people make money, which is a naturally attractive thing to sign yeah. up for. Uh, so so do does FlexiBees use Flexi workers uh, as well? Like, do, do you <laughs> are you consumers of your own service? Oh my God! Yes, and how? So we. <laughs> We are a fully remote company from day one. We hire from our own pool. So we have at this point in time around 50, 50 of us working. All of us, um, you know, apart from the three co-founders have been hired from our pool, our own uh, database. So they are all women. Um, a majority of them are returning professionals, uh, mothers uh, who are coming back to work after a career break. <coughs> um, many of them work part-time. Some of them work full time and all of us work remotely from day one. So, yes, very much, uh, you know, we are a very flexi uh, oriented company and it gives us a lot. It gives us the same benefits that we promise right. to our clients. And additionally, it gives us a highly committed team. So we have very low attrition, actually, because of the because of this fact that we are giving them, you know, what they most need. They, they need the flexibility at this point in their lives and we are able to give them in mindset, in actual hours, in location, all of that. Yeah, actually it's uh, it's an amazing thing, right? That everybody in your company is somebody who's experienced the same problem. I mean, that yeah. is, uh, that, is uh, that never happens. I mean, there are very yeah. few companies where that could possibly happen. So, yeah. uh, so I think that's great. And um, the, the fact that you have low attrition, et cetera, shows that you have I mean, it's it's about purpose, ultimately. I think people yeah. like working on things that, uh, you know, that are meaningful to them. Yeah, 
Absolutely. If everybody has experienced that problem, then well, it's, it's yeah. meaningful. So that's cool. Uh, so tell me something. So it sounds like when you when you got started, there wasn't. I mean, it it felt relatively easy. Like you were walking into a vacuum almost, and you were going to fill that. Uh, but were there other options for companies, or or are you really competing with anyone at all? And if so, how do you differentiate from them? Yeah, um, you know there is uh, there are big global players who are in the competitive space, like an Upwork. Hmm, uh, exactly. uh, there is uh, competition. I would say, I mean, these are all positive signs. Uh, Why we call them competition? We couldn't figure out when the time has come for a certain industry and a certain way of working because uh, it means that the space is heating up. Uh, but yes, of course, we have to differentiate. And I think, um, you know, we actually followed, uh, you know, that uh, process or rather that way of thinking that Paul Graham, uh, you know, the founder of Y Combinator speaks about, which is in the in the initial days, build for success, don't build for scale. Uh, and that's what we did. It's not just about connecting to people, uh, which is what, say, a simple marketplace would do. It's about making sure that the uh, people that we are connecting are the right fits for this engagement sustains. Um and that's really how we differentiate ourselves, which today is a technology-led process, is how we differentiate. And that is um, that is how we want to scale it. So along the way, we figured how to scale it. We It was a process first. We standardized that process to a large extent. Then we made it into a technology solution. Um, so yeah, we, we got the, the right mix and then we uh, focused on the scale and that's our differentiation. Right. Okay, that makes sense. I'm actually a power user of Upwork. I've been using it for 10 or 11 years now since my first startup. Uh, mm-hmm. And I can see how this is different because I would go to Upwork for task-based work. Uh, yeah. Something that is very well defined, like audio editing, for example. Right. So so we go, I mean, I found my yeah. editor through Upwork. But uh, if I wanted, like you said, you know, strategy or somebody to do budgeting, let's assume, uh, in a way, maybe I could go to Upwork, but I'd have to frame the work in a very well-defined manner, which some of this work isn't. Um, yeah. Then there's also the question of trust and all of that. Yeah. It enables different kinds of roles, like you said. From us, our biggest verticals are sales, marketing, digital, you know, some of these, which um, are unheard of in the geek space. And, you know, you would be really hard-pressed to go find a sales professional, B2B sales professional on Upwork. It'd be difficult to do that. Uh, and of course, the other thing that we are able to do is we are able to really cut down the hiring time because you want that quickness. You know, if you had the time to actually invest in, you know, a three three months of uh, screening and, you know, all of the hiring process and then six months of training and including the time, uh, you know, to kind of do it all over again if you ended up hiring the wrong person, a flexible opportunity, a flexible role doesn't have that luxury. You need to get that fitment right and you need to have the person come in who's the right fit who can start being productive from you know day one so those are some of the things that we are trying to get right for our clients i think filtering is a huge benefit it's like a blend of linkedin almost but with the vetting as well like there's a person with actual experience doing what you're looking for who has also mm-hmm. been vetted for available yeah. desire to do this work past experience so that's yeah. fantastic so so up till now, the story is great. You found a fit. People are coming to you both sides. Everybody is happy. You're solving something, a real problem in the world. But what were some of the challenges that you faced or maybe some difficult decisions that you might have had to make on the way? So first of all, we are also asked this question of now flexibility is for everyone. 
why not men right so that's that's something that is asked and to be honest uh, it does open up our supply so business wise it might seem like a good uh, sort of decision but that's something that we are uh, we don't want to do at least for the foreseeable future and the reason is that uh, we, we are starting from a place where we feel there is an underserved pool who we want to uh, you know serve and uh, the day we see that there are you know uh, more men who are taking breaks because they have caregiving responsibilities or they have some constraints on their time and not simply because they want to you know sort of moonlight and do multiple you know jobs yeah. uh, which is all about choice but you know we are talking to a pool that has constraints right. the way that the world is constructed the way that roles are gendered today uh, you know there are women across the world not just in india who are having to take you know steps back in their careers because they are not able to participate in the workforce in the same manner um, and we want to serve those uh, you know to begin with so that's a vision uh, you know leg decision okay uh, i think that's interesting insight as well which is actually more than insight i think these kinds of examples are what help other people understand what it means when a business says we have a vision because vision can't be okay i actually want to do something but if you come to me with money i'll do everything else as well right right it's about what you don't do right what you don't do exactly so uh, i think that's very well articulated and quite an important point to make so you know so let's talk a little bit about uh, growth because you've been around now for a few years uh, and it's obviously doing well uh, in, to the extent where you having having to actually uh, cut off things that don't align with uh, what you stand for so what are some of the tactics maybe that you've used to grow through the years beyond the you know initially of course you went with networks right beyond that yeah so we've had a very interesting journey so our business model is a client uh, led uh, we charge clients so um you know that was a very important part to grow and to keep growing so uh, we of course first 50 like i said came from our networks which had a lot of outreach to it so alumni you know who is an alumni even if i don't know them right to them saying i'm an alumni we are starting this business would you want to come and hire from us and then we started doing uh, you know more content at that time because we wanted incoming so we we started building um, sort of a content strategy and uh, in time a content calendar came in place and we were at a point um, you know where we were getting around 50 60 leads uh, per uh, per month and then we got a small round of funding which was more friends and family and a little bit angels so we uh, we started doing paid advertising on some b2b channels um, and today so we actually were able to scale from 50 60 leads a month to 500 leads per month so that is the kind okay. of scale that is the kind of jump that we took there um and uh, yeah it's been going very well we have very optimized cpls because we are able to actually go out and be very industry agnostic so we today cater to around 50 plus industries which includes uh, you know two thirds of them are new age industries more tech aligned one third of them is you know old industries packaging logistics manufacturing we have a detective service a rice mill you know so the pandemic really has opened that up for us also so that was the external sort of tailwind which was happening uh, simultaneously where not just the more tech savvy startups in the startup hubs of the country uh, were coming to us but also the you know traditional companies smes uh, you know bigger companies who were wanting to uh, now hire in a new way so we tied up with uh, 
uh, you know, ecosystem players like accelerators, incubators, co-working spaces, um, startup communities, basically to get that, you know, amplification. So that it is one partner, but through that we are able to get access to a whole number of startups. So we have partnerships today across the board with Indian and international players, quasi-government players, and also government players like the Tamil Nadu government, which is looking at really uh you know which is very business focused okay so within all the organic uh, channels that you have uh, which one do you think is like uh, punching above its weight you know the thing with uh, marketing is that um, the thing that punches above its weight is you know the sum of all of it it's like a thing where you know the sum of its parts is always bigger than each individual element so i think the the fact that we do all of it uh, we are keeping ourselves abreast uh, you know with what the latest formats are so we uh, it's a very concerted effort a very uh, organized systematized effort to uh, put ourselves out there um and and i think all of it together works works well yeah i think you're probably right especially when it comes to content it's unlikely somebody's going to see one social post or one blog and say okay fine now i'm just going to go to this business yeah but you you know you see people repeatedly and especially on multiple channels like you said uh, then you know you suddenly realize oh these people are everywhere uh, maybe i should yeah. go and talk to them then you start yeah. looking bigger than you are also and then that yeah. thing helps uh, significantly yeah so uh, what are some of the things you know now that you're growing and presumably trying to expand just uh, you know beyond perhaps what was your sweet spot earlier so what are some of the things that you worry about um or which you know classically keep you awake at night <laughs> i think scaling uh, because we have uh, figured out uh, what the solution is we figured out the model now we have to scale it and uh, we've already taken the you know first few steps towards it so with that round of funding that we got we also uh, were able to build technology so we were able to automate a large part of our processes we were able to build a candidate self serve in the form of an app uh etc but uh, that journey has to continue there is more on the technology roadmap that we have to do equally uh, i think even on business uh, you know what got us here to an extent will also get us there because it's like an engine like i said but there will be other thrusts we have to kind of incorporate so internationalization for example so we we want to be present we want to be a multi country play um and at some point for supply to Uh, right now we are focusing on indian talent but definitely for demand we already have that so we've we've given talent to now 500 plus companies of uh, of which around 20% of our business comes from international markets but we want to grow that because again that is a very good space for uh, you know for us for a company like us to grow because uh, you know there there is demand and uh, there is a lot of uh, say acceptance and respect that uh, international uh, uh, you know markets have for indian talent so it's a great place to be and we want to really push on that and uh, those are things that uh, you know we want to do it's not keeping us up at night because we know that you know it, there is a time and a place it will happen uh, but yeah these are these are the next you know few peaks to scale that's a lot of things actually which is uh, <laughs> and it's quite cool so Uh, tell me something none of the three founders are tech uh, i mean not uh, traditionally tech people so how do you actually uh, you know manage technology development because i know i struggle i mean i, I have some tech background but not enough and i couldn't manage engineers well so uh, how do you actually handle that 
so of the three of us rashmi is uh, you know uh, i would say the most tech and uh, quite legitimately tech also because she's been a developer Okay. um actually before mba so she worked with i2 technologies okay. uh, and she was a product developer at that time so when we did the tech uh, development actually got a vendor and we we vetted the vendor really well so that's how we've built uh, now in the second phase we will um, start hiring so there we will hire a cto we have a few people in mind too we will hire you know we start building our in house team as well but uh, at least the big part of what we wanted to do in terms of the technology and the automation is out of the way and that we've done in an outsourced hmm. way um okay so before we close uh, what what might be some of the things uh that you would have done differently in hindsight or what is some advice that you would like to give to either aspiring entrepreneurs or maybe others you know who are earlier in the journey um so on the second aspect which is uh, what advice i would give i think one thing that we did well was that we read the book the lean startup approach i think by eric ries and uh, we really liked it and it actually worked very well for us because all three of us are from corporate background you know we are not uh, freshers who just jumped out of engineering and we are now building we we have had training of a few years uh, in corporates and it might be then so while it gives us a lot it it might also have been an impediment had we used tried to use the same ways of working because in a corporate environment you have to put the process first you have to build a case and then when it gets all the necessary approvals and it you know then only you proceed whereas uh, you know here we read the book it completely disrupted our thinking at that point in time and we decided to just plunge so uh, you know we got our first client when i had put in my notice uh, at unilever but i had not fully quit uh but we started working and uh, we learned on the job uh, we built with real time market feedback and i think that's very important because in a in a startup scenario because you're creating something new you know there are there aren't too many precedents you by design in a startup you're trying to change something that exists so it's important to get real time feedback be it on pricing be it on on the model be it on whatever the delivery uh it's important to actually go there do it and learn from it and then change and that's something that we've been very good at um we've followed that through so i think that would be an uh, that would be some advice that i would give to uh, entrepreneurs new ones and the other one is of course get your co-founders right because you're going to spend a lot of time uh, in the next few years with them so that's that's the other one yeah i think the lean startup approach uh, is a really good one okay so so thank you so much riya this was a really really interesting conversation and i'm happy to hear about you know so much success uh, so far and you know your growth plans sound really cool as well uh, so I, i really had a great time chatting with you today and i'm sure our listeners benefited a lot as well uh, so thanks a lot for being on our show uh, and thank you amal yeah yeah thank you thank you so much and for those listening to us today Thank you for joining us and uh, please remember to follow Shop Talk and if you like this episode please do rate us 5 stars uh, we were Shreya and Amit with Shop Talk see you next time bye